Thank you. Evening. Hello, hello. Right, let me just get sorted. Let me just get sorted. Right. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> I haven't spoken at an evening service before, so can't quite see everyone, but I can see these guys. So if uh, if if I can see whether they're bored or not. So we'll, we'll go with these guys down here. Okay, so we are continuing our series on the Advent Conspiracy. For those of you who don't know, it is the 3rd of December, so we are in the season of Advent. Um, so we started last week with looking at worship fully. We For those of you who don't know, the Advent Conspiracy is this kind of, I guess, this movement that started in America with three pastors who wanted, who were really challenged that Christmas, um, we should celebrate Christmas differently. And so what they did is come up with four kind of themes. And one of them is worship fully, that Christmas should always begin and end with Jesus. So that's why last week we did a um, a full worship session. Oh, Forrest likes that. He's clapping. (laughs) Yeah. this week we're looking at spend less, um, so that um, uh, using your financial resources and your resources wisely, freeing them up to to um, spend on things where perhaps they're more needed. Um, next time we'll be looking at give more, so giving more of yourself, um, giving more of your presence to other people rather than giving kind of presents. Um, and um, and on Christmas Day we're going to be looking at love all, so like loving um, the forgotten, the lost, the lonely, loving everybody. So that's kind of the series. So we're going to start um, and turn to Matthew 2, 1 to 8. So if you've got your Bibles you can turn with me, otherwise it'll come up um, on the screen. So Matthew 2, 1 to 8. Right, I'm just going to bend down like this. <laughs> Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the new king? Um, where's, the, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the, leaders, of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, um, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judea. A ruler will come to, from you um, who will be the shepherd for the for my people Israel. Then Herod called the pri- for a private meeting with the wise men and learned from them the time of which the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. That sounds pretty legit, doesn't it? Herod wants to go and worship the newborn king. Of course he does. Obviously, we all know that was a complete lie. Spoiler for the later for a, for the later story. So, who is Herod? Herod was put into place by um, by Rome. Rome put Herod put Herod as the king over Judea, and he ruled there for thirty four years. He um, his his reign and rule was actually very very uh, successful. He was very very powerful, and it was very efficient. Um, Herod built like nobody else. He built and built and built. He built no less than seven palaces all for himself, and each and every palace was bigger than any one of Caesar's palaces. So Herod was like he was he was he was reigning, and he was gonna he was gonna go for it. He was. Um, he was very aware that he was not, in, not the heir to the throne, not to the heir, heir of King David's throne. So the Jewish people, that he wasn't their king. They didn't accept him. Um, 
so what he did, he was very, very clever and he was very strategic. And what he did was he rebuilt the temple. So he rebuilt the second temple. And not only did he, um, did he rebuild it, he built it bigger and way more lavish than even King Solomon built in the first place. So that's how he got the religious leaders on his side. He was clever and he got them on board by saying, look, I'm going to build this for you and for your God. Um, so, so he was powerful, he was efficient, he was actually known as Herod the Great. That's his kind of title. If you, if you, look, if you Google Herod, King Herod, it'll come up as Herod the Great. But actually, it, from, the, from the outset, looking at Herod, he had everything. He had money, he had power, he had, um, he had uh, like material things, he had the rule and the reign of his kingdom. But actually, internally, he was ruled by anxiety, by fear. He was paranoid. He, even though he had everything, it was still not enough. He needed more and more, and he held on to it so tightly. He actually killed members of his own family um, out of fear of losing his throne. He killed his own children, and we know that later he went on to slaughter um, innocent babies for fear that this king of the Jews was going to come and take away what he had built up um, for himself. And so to the world, looking on, Herod had it all. But actually, in reality, inside, Herod had absolutely nothing. Now, completely on the other side of the coin, we've got Mary and Joseph, who have just rocked up um, in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, they're teenagers, they're young, um, they're pregnant, they're not married. And at that time, Mary could have been stoned for that. Now, we know that Mary was carrying the Son of God. We know that Mary and Joseph hadn't had, um, you know, hadn't had sex before marriage. We knew that Mary was, was carrying God's child. But the rest of society didn't know that. She could have told them, but they didn't necessarily believe her. Mary and Joseph were in a really vulnerable position. They had nothing. They travelled to a town. Yeah, it was Joseph's hometown, but it wasn't their hometown. They didn't have any of their own comforts. They didn't have any, any fame there. They, didn't, they definitely didn't have any power. They didn't have any kind of um, any authority in that place. They didn't even have a place to fully rest their head. Mary and Joseph, to the world had absolutely nothing going for them. It feels like they could hardly catch a break. But actually, we know, and they knew, that although they didn't have anything according to world standards, they had absolutely everything in God. They had the king of the world in their very hands. Um, and at that time, Herod was doing everything he could to hijack the Christmas story, all because of his selfish gain. Herod, who had everything, saw something and was trying to take that away. Now, nowadays, when we celebrate Christmas and we're here celebrating the birth of Jesus, there's something um, very, very similar happening. The world, society, um, is saying, oh, you've got a religious festival. We want to come and, and worship your king. We want to come and join in and celebrate in your religious festival. Here, let us worship together with gifts, with presents, with food, with trees. But it's just a lie. They're not wanting to celebrate or worship Jesus. They're wanting to do it for their own profit, for their own gain. Does, every, does that make sense? Yeah? Cool, thanks. Um, and so at the minute in our lives, um, every single 
Everywhere we turn, you can't even turn on the TV, you can't do a food shop, you can't even drive down a road without being reminded that it's Christmas. The whole world is screaming that it's Christmas, and every year it gets more and more and more. We're only in the 3rd of December, so we're only actually just into Advent. But Christmas has been, I don't know, since like October, I think I first saw stuff in the shops, yeah? Did everyone go into the supermarket and you see like selection boxes and you're just like, what? It hasn't even been Halloween yet. It's like Christmas is like jumping every year. It gets more and more. It gets bigger and bigger. Um, And we don't, we, we clearly are not knowing when to stop. It sounds very much to me like seven palaces kind of behavior. More and more. It's not enough. We don't know when to stop. We're keeping going more and more and more. The UK... Last year, it was estimated the UK alone spent 77 billion, billion pounds on Christmas. 77 billion. Isn't that insane? Especially when, Paul was saying this morning, when we look at the world and there's different costs, there's different estimates, but when we look at the world and it'll cost between roughly 10 to 30 billion pounds, so definitely less than half, for the entire world to have clean, sustainable water. Now, if I was living in another part of this world and I was looking just at the UK and was thinking, if you just gave up one present, if you just gave up one, I don't know, bottle of perfume, then I might not lose my family this year to waterborne diseases. How crazy is that? Like, just what? It could literally be one gift and we can literally change the world. It sounds, it sounds completely unachievable, giving the world clean water. But when you look at it like that, on one day out of our entire year, giving a, a, potentially a seventh of what we're going to spend on that day is completely achievable. That's like crushed me this week. That's like really, really made me just kind of stop and think, Kat, what are you doing? What are you doing for the sake of, a, of a one gift? You, we need to kind of just stop and think and don't and, and please don't get me wrong generosity is amazing I'm not saying we all need to tighten our purse strings and stop giving that is not what I'm saying generosity is what Christmas is about I mean Jesus God gave us the most generous gift that anyone can ever give didn't he yeah we are celebrating God's abundance and extravagant love at Christmas that's what we're doing so I'm not saying Stop being generous. I'm saying be generous, but I'm saying be wise with our money. We need to think. We need to spend our money well. We are all um, responsible for what we have. Now, you might have lots, or you might not have. You might be counting the pennies, but we are responsible. When we sit down for Christmas dinner this year, 11% of the UK, 11% of households are still going to be paying for last Christmas when we're talking into Christmas dinner this year. That is not okay. That is not okay. Yeah? We need to be responsible with our finances. Money might be really, really tight, but you know what the answer is? Spend within your means. And if their means are literally £10, that's okay. That's fine. We need to be wise with our money and spend within our means. Jesus, born in a stable, um, would not want us to be getting into debt over, this, over the sake of a few presents, over the sake of, 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 of indulgence over Christmas. Um, so let's not confuse love with money. 
We, d we, we don't have to spend lots of money in order to show people that we love them. We can spend in different ways. Love is not money. I uh, headed into Littlehampton this week and went into the card factory to buy uh, a Christmas card. And I don't know whether you've been in the card factory recently, but it has been overtaken by Christmas. You can't buy any cards apart from Christmas cards. Like the, There must be hundreds, if not thousands, of Christmas cards in there. And you can buy every single kind of Christmas card. You can buy a Christmas card for your niece-in-law. Who knew? Who knew? You can buy a Christmas card for um, your grandson and daughter-in-law in, in the title. Like, there is every single type of Christmas card you can buy. And then I saw a little tag sticking out, and it said, religious. And I was like, oh, I thought this was all about Jesus. Clearly not. I'll just wander over to the religious section. Looked in the religious section. Guess how many cards there was in the religious section? Four. I had the choice out of thousands of cards to pick from four, and two of them were kids' cards. That's crazy, isn't it? So thinking, yeah, we are all celebrating Christmas. Christmas is the time to celebrate Jesus' birth. No, we're not. We're not all celebrating that. Clearly, a very small percentage of us are celebrating Jesus' birth. Herod was lying when he told the wise men that he wanted to come and worship Jesus Society is lying to us when they say they want to join in and celebrate Jesus' birth. They don't. It's all a big marketing scheme. Um, Christmas is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and Jesus is getting smaller and smaller and smaller in, the, in Christmas celebrations. Um, this, I mean, I'm sure you've seen, in, in this, Paul mentioned it this morning, but it's been in the, in the media a lot recently about Advent um, specialty Advent calendars. Yeah, so like before, you know, you'd only have like a nativity scene that was just like a paper opening one. And then we progressed to kind of chocolate calendars and chocolate calendars are fairly standard now. Now we're moving on to specialty advent calendars. And you can pay tens, hundreds, thousands and even millions of pounds on a specialty advent calendar. Now, advent is the, is the time of counting down and preparing for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure how much a selection of beer tasting things has got to do with preparing for advent i mean I, yeah i'm not we ever, like you can have that and prepare for advent i'm not saying don't have them i'm just saying it's funny that it's meant to be about preparing for jesus what are you doing in your everyday now to prepare for jesus to be born how are you preparing in a way that jesus would kind of want us to prepare um uh, and i yeah, so I was like, so also uh, Black Friday as well, that's kind of a new thing that's kind of just jumped on the UK bandwagon recently, hasn't it, in recent years? Before that, Black Friday was never even a thing here. So, we, so we, we've got our Christmas spending, we've got our Advent spending, we've got Black Friday, and then I read the quote from a guy called Dom Joseph, who is an internet marketer. He like, runs this like, massive company on internet marketing, and he said that, um, that uh, shopping online on Christmas Day has now become just as traditional as tucking into your turkey on, at Christmas dinner. Consumers cannot wait one day till Boxing Day for the shopping to begin. They start on Christmas Day. Isn't that crazy? We have spent so much money in the three months building up to Christmas. We have spent so much money on Advent calendars and we can't go one day 
without spending money on what we haven't got. What gifts did we not get? We need to get them now in the sale. It is just an insane time that we live in. In Luke 12, verse 15, it says, um, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. We have to guard ourselves because it is so easy to be swept along in the more and more and more attitude. It takes a lot to actually just stop and think, do I need that or am I actually being greedy? Doesn't it? Because actually that word greed is quite difficult to say to yourself. Do I need that or am I actually being excessive? Um, Now, I'm not saying that Christmas is bad. I'm not saying that going, that that celebrating and kind of enjoying Christmas is is bad at all. Do you know what? I absolutely love a Christmas tree shaped mini cheddar. Who doesn't? Like, you know, like you get all sorts of fun things at Christmas. I'm not saying that any of that is bad. I'm just saying, when did we, we just need to just stop and pause and reflect. uh, Philippians 4, 11 till 12 says... Let me find mine. Um, uh, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned to the secret of living in every, every situation, whether it's on a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So learning to be content with what you have right now. Learning to be content in the exact season that you're in right now, whether that means that your bank balance is at zero or whether your bank balance is in the thousands. God isn't asking you to do with, God isn't expecting you to do what the person to the left of you or the person to the right of you is doing. God wants you to look at yourself right now and think, yeah, I might not have what that person has, but I'm content with what I've got. I'm content with what you've gifted to me and what you've given to me, God. Um, so I have been really challenged this week to be thinking if somebody who doesn't know me looked at my life in this Advent season or even like Forrest I've now this is my first Christmas with a bit with a child and I was thinking what do I want him I know he's only a baby so he won't be thinking much at the minute but what do I want in my family Advent to be what if somebody who was who didn't know me looking on what would they see? Would they see what everybody else does in the UK? Would they see signs and symptoms of an empire that is just greedy, full of consumerism, full of indulgence and gluttony? Or would they see the love I have for Jesus in my actions? Would everything about my Advent period scream worshipping Jesus? No, (laughs) it doesn't. But that's what I want. That's what I want and I need. And I am responsible for myself to do that. You are responsible for yourself to do that. That's what I want my life to be. I want my Christmas season to just be thankful and grateful and generous and scream my love of Jesus from every pore, from every ounce of my being. Do you know what? Christmas is not John Lewis's story to tell is it? Christmas is our story to tell. Our voice has to be louder. Our voice has more to say about Christmas 
than any of the adverts on TV. Our voice has more and we need to shout, we need to sing, we need to love, we need to worship and show the world what Christmas is really about. Where is our focus? So back to the wise men, just like the wise men coming to worship Jesus. Are we worshipping Jesus and bringing gifts to him in everything we do this Advent, in this Advent season? Are we fully worshipping Jesus with all, everything we do, with the food that we're eating, with the company that we're sharing, with, with the gifts that we're giving, with the money that we're giving around the world? Are we fully worshipping Jesus? Like the wise men, once we find Jesus in the middle of Christmas, do we, do we need to change direction? Because the wise men went deliberately a different route. When we find Jesus, do we need to walk away, away from Herod? Do we need to walk away from the consumerism? Again, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we're not allowed to spend money at Christmas. That's not what I'm saying. But Christmas has become way, way, way beyond that in, in, our, in, our, in our world, in our society. When we find Jesus in the centre of Christmas, do we need to change direction? And like the wise men we may need to resist some pressure. It says that Herod was mad, but also all of Jerusalem, like all of the religious leaders. Now you think of all the people, the religious leaders would be the ones that wanted their king to be born, but they were, they were um, insecure in their position in power as well. Um, they, so the wise men had a lot of pressure. They were, I, I, they were probably a bit scared. I would have been a bit scared thinking that the king wants me to send this information back to him. The king has way more power and authority than I do. The king could probably send men after me. They've felt pressure. Do you feel pressure? Do you feel pressure to get gifts you can't afford? Do you feel pressure to give your children presents that actually are excessive? Do you feel pressure from your family to give gifts out, without, out of your means? We need to, like the wise men, resist cultural pressure. Christmas is not about what society tells us Christmas is about worshipping God. I don't know whether the band wants to start to come um, back up. I'm just going to read from 1 Timothy 6, um, 17 and 18. And what I'd really like is if everybody could write that verse down, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 18. So whether you put it in your phone or just kind of take a note of it. Um, and we're just going to read this all together. But what I want, what my challenge um, to you is this week, this first week of Advent, every day, just read this Bible verse. Every day, just read this Bible verse and just ask God to speak to you through it and just, and just kind of offer, um, offer God your, your heart and your, and your ears and your headspace. Okay, so 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 18. Teach those who are rich in this world, and that's all of us, we're all rich. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our, our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready, always being ready to serve others. So this week, I just really challenge you to think, to think about that. Now, we're not, we're, I'm not going to stand here and say, you should be spending X amount on Christmas, you should be spending X amount on gifts. On that. That's not what this is about at all. It's about thinking about what you've been given, 
what resources you have and, and are you being generous with them? Are you being wise with them? Are you being, are you honouring Jesus with them or are you going with, with cultural pressures? Are you um, lifting Jesus high with, with <laughs> sorry, are you lifting Jesus high with them? Because that's what Christmas is about. It's about being like a mirror, reflecting God's generosity to the world. Being like, a, being like the moon and reflecting the sun to those who don't know about Jesus and know um, what he's done for them. So I challenge you this week, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 18. Just read it each day and just ask God to challenge you and open up your, your eyes and your mind and your heart to what you can be doing in this Advent season to prepare for Jesus. Let's stand up together. Father God, we thank you for this extravagant gift that you gave us. We thank you that you went above and beyond what we deserved. You showed us grace and mercy in abundance, God, and we thank you for that. We will never know the full extent of the sacrifice. God, we just, we just want to just pause and just be still in, um, in this Advent season and just ask, not get swept along in the busyness and the stressfulness of Christmas, God, because that is not what you intended. Help us to just pause and take a breath and lift our eyes to you and say, God, help us, teach us how to honour you, teach us how to worship you teach us how to resist pressures that are not of you thank you jesus